Okay, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of Locked on Avalanche. On today's episode, Kyle and I will be discussing tonight's game. Game two, how are we feeling about it? Is there any hangover in terms of just the the come down from that craziness of game one? Are we expecting that in game two? What is the goalie situation like for the Avs? We kind of don't know because Coach Bednar has not really given us much to go on. So we're just going to do what we always do in, in, in podcast land and just come up with our own guesses and theories. Why not? Um, and we'll get to that offsides play because people are continuing to talk about that. Will that have any carryover into this game? We'll talk about that and we'll hand out some grades. We don't do grades enough on this show, so we figured on the off days we'll start handing out some grades from A's to F's if anybody had an F. There could be one, but maybe not. We'll get to it. Let's roll. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Goose and Maverick in the house today on Thursday edition of Locked On App. Well, not Goose, because Goose dies. So Goose Goose and Iceman, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll go with that. Uh, go. not Goose and Iceman, Maverick and Iceman. There you go. Yeah, it can't. It can't be. <laughs> we still got Goose in there. Goose always finds his way in, no matter what. So uh, he's lost that love and feeling. But welcome <laughs> to the Thursday episode of Locked On Avalanche. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets: LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked On Avalanche at Gmail dot com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. Game two, Kyle. How are you feeling? Ooh, it's that nervous anticipation for game two. You don't, you don't know how it's going to go. If it's like a carryover or if there's going to be an overcorrection, it's just like nervous. You're just ready to get it started and get about to that first intermission and like take a breath. Yeah, I mean, you hate going off of previous series and stuff like that, but because uh, if you did that, you really wouldn't know where to go with Diaz. Because in in round one, obviously they they swept through the Panthers, so game two was was a little bit t- tighter game, but the Avs still came out on top. You know, game two against the Blues, it was kind of what we thought was that's the chess match of that series, and the Blues played a much better game and ended up winning. And this is just a, a, you know, obviously every series is different because it's a different team that plays a different style. The Oilers clearly play a different style than the Panthers and the Blues. And what we saw in game in game one, there's nothing there telling you that that's, that won't happen again. Yeah, and that round one series against the Predators, like, it, you just blew through it. You, you looked really good. And then you kind of hit a wall and then overcame that against St. Louis. And then you don't want to get overinflated because first time in the Western Conference Finals in 20 years, you, I mean, 14 goals. I mean, when does that happen in the Western Conference Final? Like, 14 goals, and but you have to also realize this is what Edmonton does in Game 1. Like, even Mike Smith admitted it. Like, Game 1s have not been their friend this year. Mm-hmm. You don't want to feel like Game 2, let's go for 15 goals or <laughs> – you, you you just don't want to keep piling on because Edmonton's also thinking about this and you don't know what's going on with the goalie situation. So you kind of don't really know how to approach this game 
And, but you also don't want the Avs to be reactive to what Edmonton is planning on doing. I'm hearing a lot of people out there in, in hockey world and, you know, <clears throat> um, journalists and stuff like that. And other people that have podcasts like loving game one. And I'm not there. Like, I, no. <laughs> I, I don't want to see a game like that. You know what I mean? No. That for for your average hockey fan that only tunes in for the goals and the fights, uh, they, you know, they got one of those two things. And, you know, from from a, a rooting standpoint from a fan standpoint rooting for one of these teams you know that that wouldn't go down as one of the best games of the season no it wouldn't even crack the top 10 um games that i get stressed out because because goals are you know hard to come by like that panthers game early in the season yeah like that toronto game when you came back on them those games are like yeah goals when you score a goal, you know, like that could be it. Yeah. Like you need that goal for, for this. It's the opposite. It's just like, you need to just outscore the other team because you know, the other team is going to score. And from a viewing standpoint, I get it. That's exciting, but I don't want to see games like that all the time. You, I want to see some defense mixed in with some offense clearly. Yeah. You, you mentioned that Florida game that we had earlier in the year, like that We've we said it about a hundred times. That's probably the game of the year so far mm. that the Az have played. I like so. that that was that's what you want, where you can kind of boil it down to a moment where the game changed. Or because in game one, everybody's saying that offsides call changed the game, but good grief, what that's basically a two point, a two goal offsides call that didn't get called. What that changes the score to what at the time it's like four it two. two. It was two to two, and then well, it went from two to two to four to two. Yeah, yeah. So it would have still been two to two. Shaved two points off of the final score. It would have been I six mean, six. Like, but it's one of those you can't say that changed the entire game because Edmonton made a surge at the end of the game. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if you ask Oilers fans, um, the that 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 was a huge part of the game because now at the end. You know, with the abs only up a goal, they'll circle it back to that goal and say we there'd no be no need for us to pull the goalie and try to tie you guys. We should have tied you. Well, and I get that. And but. My counterpoint is now knowing what you know about Darcy Kipper not being able to see, that would have been your prime opportunity, especially with how he was tracking the puck with McDavid, Dreisidel, Evander Kane. Last time we played him. Evander Kane had a hat trick. Um, That was your prime time to get something by the goalie who can't see. So you you put in Pavel Francouz, things kind of shore up a little bit. It's a goalie they could see. Granted, tracking the puck, he was still getting his feeling. But the scoring went down. It wasn't that that crazy outburst when you had Mm -hmm. DK and Mike Smith in there. So I would say you had a better opportunity with Darcy in there. And we'll we'll get to the goalies next segment, but we we brought up the the offsides, and everybody seems to be talking about that. Understandably so. I I kind and I did I just did uh, locked on NHL uh, with Gil, and we we touched on this, and I said on that episode I, I said I kind of feel like everybody had the same thought process for when this was happening and when Edmonton 
challenged it. I feel like everybody was looking at it saying like, that's going to get overturned. Yeah. Regardless of fan base, take, yeah. take the fandom out of it. Everybody mm-hmm. was saying that that's offsides. And then when it was not called and then you start getting explanations and then, you know, a, a reasonable person could say like, okay, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. But like and I said in yesterday's episode, like I'm not watching. I wasn't watching that. I wasn't watching where the puck is on his stick. And if Kale McCarr is that good where he can just remove the, the puck from his stick two inches and have the ref see it or know if this goes to review, I'll win it. If all of that is going through his head in a microsecond, uh, he's even more of a god than we hold him up to be. See, and this narrative around the offsides call, like, let's take a step back. Like, look at where we are. We're in the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. Like, it should not come down to, and it hasn't come down to one call. Um, The Oilers, on paper, with that top line, should outplay the Avalanche. Um, Well, I don't want to say outplay. Well, I mean... I just they'll give on paper, them a run. They'll give them a run. Yeah. <clears throat> Out of everybody the Avalanche have faced this year, Edmonton could be that team to outpace them. Out sure. Like okay. out outplay them. Like yeah, they could outscore yeah. easily. It's uh it's the bizarro top line for the Avalanche. So if you have like the Nashville too many men in, on the ice call, like yeah, it happened. It was kind of bogus, but you can't let those kind of things like get into your mentality. You're in the Western Conference Finals. You got here for a reason. Go out there and make up for it. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't complain about it for two and a half periods. Nathan McKinnon was terrible about this in the regular season, not getting a call and then complaining about it and pouting. And you can't do that in the Western Conference Finals, especially if you have the opportunity to steal a game in Denver. That would have been. I mean, absolutely swinging the momentum the other way for Edmonton going into game two tonight. Mm. Yeah. Like uh, you had time. I mean, yes, it, that happened yes. at the end of the first, right? So it's not like that happened. Uh, when it happened, there was only what, like 15, 20 seconds or something like yeah. that. I mean, there was less than 30 seconds left when McCarr made that goal in the first period. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was in the, the third period and that that decided the game. And they just and he, scored before this. Right, right, right. And even if it did happen in a third period, you know, you can always go back throughout the course of the game and say like, well, if this, you know, you can always make up for <clears throat> reasons why that's still not going to decide the game. And yeah. it and it in the grand scheme of it, it didn't because I mean, look what happened. Edmonton came back. They were down by one goal, they fought their way back. And I think there was like 12 minutes to go when yeah. when they got it to seven to six. Yeah. Uh, so that, you still had a chunk of time to tie this thing. You knew that the goalie was going to get pulled. You still had opportunities. Yeah. But but looking at that play, it, it's, you know, by, by, I get it. I get so, some people are like, well, what constitutes possession? And yes, Kale McCarr possessed the puck. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a gray area where maybe it's not even a gray area. I don't know. But when you, when you make that move, that is a, a legal move. Um, it's people are saying delayed offsides. It's not delayed offsides because 
he was Kale McCarr was never offsides to begin with. It's more of a tag up is kind of like the the terminology, and it's no different than if Kale McCarr had dumped that puck into the zone behind the net and Nachuskin tagged up the same way. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's behind the net or two inches off of his puck. He's not touching the puck, and and I know uh, Brett on on locked on. Uh, Oilers <clears throat> was not happy about it. He he tagged it with the worst call of all time tag. Uh, I think that that's going a little bit too far. But I know like he was filming <laughs> that right after right after the-, the game was over. I know emotions are running high, and I know this is the Western Conference Finals, and and you you need calls to go your way sometimes. I don't know if he's he's stepped back on that. He probably hasn't. But you know, I, I get the, the frustration, but it's. The it Buffalo is. foot in the crease call, I think, might be a little bit. Um, yeah. 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 That was. Well, when was that? What year was that? That was in two, 99, 2000. Buffalo, Dallas. Was foot it, in the right crease. Before the have a second one. Yeah, it might have been. But either way, that, 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 that was a different time. Yeah. Different time. Can't. Couldn't do it then. Um, all right. Well. That uh, and will that have any impact on on tonight's game? I don't think so because I feel like the refs got it right. Yeah, if they got it wrong, you're getting a makeup call. Maybe early in the first, even though it's game two, you, Edmonton would will, will get a makeup call. But I think everybody is kind of like I said, everybody was on one side of it. I said this to Gil uh, when we recorded in Lockdown NHL. I said, remember in in, in the movie Hook. When there's uh, the Rufio, the Rufio yeah. side and the, and the Peter Pan side, and they're arguing like which side you want to be on, and the yeah. kids just keep going back and forth. I feel like everybody was on one side, yeah. and then as is, as it is explained, everybody moved over to the other <clears> side. And like, I'm glad you bring that up because like that mentality, like going into Game Two tonight, like you you got you got to drop it. Like it it's done. You got to move on. It's probably going to be a different officiating crew. If not, they're not going to carry it over. Because you saw like the hits, if you track the hits through the game, it escalated after that call. Because on the bench, in the intermission, they're telling him, well, the refs don't have us. They're against us tonight. And you could see it with the hitting. And like there was that whole period, like sequence of events where there was like throwing and like pushing and pulling and elbowing and grabbing of the stick. Nothing's getting called. So in Edmonton's mind, they're like, they're out to get us. They're out to get us in Colorado. They're just like, what's going on here? Nothing's making sense. If you have that mentality that the refs are out to get us, eventually you're going to be right. Mm. It's going to affect your play and takes Edmonton out of it. (laughs) They got to wash this off and start game two fresh. And uh, Colorado also has to know that Edmonton's angry and they're probably still carrying a little bit of that bitterness about that offsides call. You got to be on your toes. I think Edmonton, I think the players have moved on. I think the fan base is hanging on to it a lot more than the players are. I think if that was the last goal to be scored for the mm, entirety of the yeah. if no goals were scored in the second and the third, uh, yeah, they might hold a little bit of a grudge. But because so many goals were scored after that, I think Edmonton's like, <clears throat> we're not going to put our, our eggs in that basket. So yeah. uh, goalies, though, uh, very interesting on both sides. What are we going to see from the avalanche and the oilers when it comes to their goalies but first built bar and you know it you love it we've been talking about it forever and we've also been recently discussing built bars granola bars mm-hmm. and we asked and built delivered 
Built Bar granola bars are here. They come in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter. You kidding me? Uh, Chocolate coconut. Even though I know someone that doesn't like coconut, I bet they're awesome. And white chocolate berry. And you can try all three of those flavors. You can get a mixed box of the Built Bar granola bars right now at Built.com. They are 130, 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. Probably the best granola bars you can get on the market. So go over to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. And that is any order. It's not just the granola bars or select items. It's your complete order. Once again, the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, goalies. Um, Goalies didn't play in game one, so I think we're going to have two of them in game two. Uh, at least they should be in net. Josh Manson and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but who is uh, kind of up in the air? Maybe not so much for for Edmonton. I think Mike Smith is going to be back in goal. He he's, he's the guy who, who's gotten you here. Goalies have bad games. Uh, I feel like you're going to give him his the chance to redeem himself. Uh, having said that. It could happen again. You could get a a repeat of game one and, you know, you're, you're pulling him for the, uh, well, we'll start there. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that they go to Koskinen? No, it goes right back to Mike Smith. And then if they have to go to Koskinen, they do, but it's going to be Mike Smith. Yeah, I think so. Abs, it gets a little bit dicey because number one, we're not getting much info from Jared Bednar. Um, He, he, He's very short when it comes to to Darcy Kemper, and he's typically not like that. I think this is you know this is clearly because it's the playoffs. I'm going to tip his hand the day before and not get that the other team you know really prepare for Francois if he's the guy. Keep him guessing. You know what I mean? You don't have to, and maybe you don't know. Maybe it genuinely you have to give Kemper another day. To see what he really is like, so yeah, why, why, why jump to an end result when you don't even know it yourself? The thing with Bednar and his messaging about DK, it kind of worries me. Okay, I think we might see McDermott before we see Darcy Kemper. Why, why in the world would you think that? <laughs> To tell me now, <clears throat> if Bednar okay. doesn't want to, if my Bednar, Go ahead. yeah, if Bednar doesn't want to say, and hindsight's twenty twenty when you look at um, how Darcy played in the St. Louis series post the stick in the eye with the Predators, yeah. If this has been something that's nagging or that he's had to just kind of get by and get in game shape and then have to deal with afterwards. And then it gets re-aggravated with some pucks to the mask. I don't know if we see Darcy Kemper the rest of this series. I don't it know. has it weird. has that feeling that Bednar is not saying anything because he doesn't know anything. And Darcy, we've said this ever since, like the beginning of the season, he's made a glass, and. 
I just have that weird feeling that everybody get ready for the Frankie show because that's what it's going to be for the rest of the series. I have that feeling and I just feel it in my bones that you're not going to see him again for the series. I, I, I mean, I guess it's always a possibility. You know what I mean? It's, it's not something that I can hundred percent rule out. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I would almost feel like if that were the case, Bender would come out and say that if they knew he was going to be out for, you know, a, a remainder of the series or even a couple games, I feel like you would hear that. Um, but if, if it's bad enough to skate off in the middle of a TV timeout and just tell your coach, Hey, I can't yeah, see. Right. Like that's not something that you just kind of get over. That's a big deal. Which um, is why I kind of feel like I don't, you know, and, and I'll just how I'm feeling right now. I don't I don't feel like he's going to play game two. No, because of that. I don't think it will be something that is, is lingering for him. And I don't feel and I said this to someone on, on YouTube comments. I don't feel like the the stick in through the mask and this are connected. I don't feel that way. I, I uh, one has to do with getting you know, a puck from 90 to 95 miles an hour right in your face a couple times in a short amount of time, that is going to ring your bell. That is going to make you yeah. see triple, you know, it's like hit the one in the middle. Um, uh, so yeah, you might need a day or two to fully get over that. I don't know if there'd be, there could be, cause we've seen it with, with bone Byram where that stuff lingers. Yeah. And he pulled himself out. It wasn't a spotter, the concussion spotter that came out and, and told him to come off the ice. He he took himself out. So because of that, I just feel like, and you play every other day, I don't feel like the turn that there's been enough time for him to fully get over that, which is why I just a gut feeling think you get Pavel Francois. And then when you, ha- you give him you know, another day off, <clears throat> And then you reevaluate and maybe he comes back for game three. I think it would be uh, kind of a, a long shot for him to miss the remainder of this series. Let's say if it goes seven games, I can't imagine he would miss all of those games. One, maybe two is just how I'm feeling with no medical expertise whatsoever in this situation. If you're going six or seven on the back of Frankie, you might want to bring in a 60%, 70% Darcy Kemper. But if Frankie can, I mean, Frankie's not bad. Let's not pretend like he's a bad goalie here. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he could come in and like goalies really don't matter in this series. We've said it a couple times. <laughs> like Frankie can stand on his head and he, he proved it in game one. He had some really good well, saves towards the end. That and that's going to be the key, yeah. Like goalies yeah. are are just going to they're going to be sieves for this series, so it seems. Uh, but who can make the saves at the end? Like when you need a save, can you get it from them? And can you get it from Pablo Francois? Yeah, I think you yeah. can. You I can. think you can. Just like you can get it from Kemper. Uh, mm-hmm. And the same thing goes on the other side. Can you get it from Smith? Like that's going to be like whatever they do in the first 55 minutes of this game, no matter how many goals they give up, can you make those saves? And, you know, we've said it many times, like the, the, the abs have been struggling to 
not give up goals in the latter stages of periods. So and it goes back to the defense needs to step up. You mentioned in the last episode that three of the six were not great. Mm-hmm. You need six of the six being great. You need the defense yeah. to play the the level of hockey that we know that they can and they've proven in the regular season. Help out your goalie because he needs you. It's very true. Very true. All right. Uh, we'll do some grades. I figure why not? You know, this is the end of the year. We're deciding to to do this. So hopefully this carries over into next season. But uh, that's next season. We're kind of focused on this one. Um, and we'll, we'll, we're not going to go through every single player, but we'll block them and we'll, we'll go with D's and F's and say, you know, some, some players that we feel got the grade that they got, why they got the grade they got, and then kind of wrap it up with, instead of doing three stars, just one star, our, our top player of the game. And I like doing this in the off day because it gives you a little bit of time to breathe a little bit and really kind of yeah. take in how they played and not making those rash decisions like, the, the, I don't want to say the day after, minutes after the game is over when we record yeah. the show. So uh, we'll start on on the bottom side, and we'll lump Ds and Fs together. But uh, anybody that you have for a D and or an F? I have two Ds, ironically enough. Both Ds play D. Um, <laughs> I have Josh Manson and JJ with a D. Yeah, Manson definitely is a D. Um, I'm looking forward to him playing in game two. Yeah. Because that was his worst game as an Av. And I I think he knows it. I think he embarrassed Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think he wants to, I think he wants to turn it around. So I'm expecting a much better game from him. Um, Who you got for uh, in, in the C department? I have a, <clears throat> I have a couple. I'll just, mm-hmm. if you hear right a name on. that surprises you, okay, stop me. I have Nuke, um, LOC as a C plus. I have Helm as a C minus. I have Berkey as a C, EJ as a C, and Bo Byram as a C. Bo Byram as a C. Bo Byram as a C. Explain. Um, he might have looked good, mm-hmm. but in a game of fourteen goals. Bo Byram helped with none of them. Yeah. Uh, and only one shot on goal. <clears throat> I don't know. For a game like that, I think people want, will get trapped into, with so many goals, why didn't X player score one? Um, and for a guy like Byram, like, you know, his is there's a D next to his name. Like, he is a defenseman. So I don't really look, with the exception of Kale McCarr. <laughs> Can- yeah. Kale McCarr, like if if he didn't score in this game, then I think I'm not going to drop him to a C. But you can be like, "What's up, Kale? You couldn't couldn't score a goal in this game. Everybody else is scoring." But for Byram, I'm not there yet because Bo Byram is is struggling to score goals, you know. And I think those will come. He's getting looks. He is getting looks every single game. I say that, and he only had one shot on goal. Um, and I don't have natural stat trick in front of me to see how many actual shots he did have. But he he's getting looks. And <clears throat> I don't know what's going on, why he just can't get those past a goalie. I don't yeah. know. But I, but I wouldn't drop him down to a C because I still feel like overall he still played a very solid defensive game. He's he's just reliable. He You know how you – we always use the term comfortability when it comes to like 
defenseman yeah. when, the, when the, the puck is on uh, their stick and how you're just comfortable when Devon Taves has the puck on it, like he's not going to make a mistake. As young as Bo Byram is, I get that feeling with him. Like I, I, I take a, a breath when, when he's got it because I know it's, it's going to go to the right person. When it comes to Bo scoring, um, Sammy G is injured. I don't want Bo turning into Sammy G. I don't want to keep hoping. I want just a little bit. This is the Western Conference Finals. This is the playoffs. This is this is not try it out and figure it out time. This is do it time. Yeah. And and I don't again. I don't expect them to be scoring a, a goal a game. But I want to see one of because he's getting he's on that second unit power play a lot now. Like yeah. I want to see him when he's got one of those shots on a wing. He just seems to 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 find open areas on either left wing or right right wing. More often than the left wing, I see him on, and he's got an open look. He's yeah. got a good look, and it just sails it wide. So um, I would I like just to wanna... see him that one. A secondary assist, quarterback something from the blue line, like just get something going off your stick. That's all I'm asking. Um, And I got to ask you about Nachuskin. You got Nachuskin down at SC as well. Is that is that solely no points? Or you're a forward. You if you have no points, it's a passing grade. (laughs) Like it's seventy five percent on your test, there, sir. Yeah. He's another one though that he he does a lot of dirty work. You know what I mean. And his his forechecking is is the best on the team. Um, if if the offsides call got reversed, boy, we need you to score something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I feel like he had he had a solid game, and uh, I don't want to I don't want to get stuck well, on his. He had four shots on goal, so he he had he had some shots that he generated. Um. Just none went through. I'm surprised he didn't have an assist, especially being on that top line in game one. But it's not it's not a C minus, and we're not trying to talk nuke out of a D. Like it's no. a it's a passing grade. You didn't do anything bad. You didn't do anything good. You were there. Congratulations. Okay. I'd raise him up a little bit more. I just feel like he's always a solid player. But I get it. I get it. All right. Who's in your B section? New hook with a B minus. Cogliano, B minus. And then you have Lekkinen with a B minus, Nas solid B, mm-hmm. Landeskog B plus, Miko B plus, and Taze also with a solid B. Um, I I don't I Taves I thought struggled a little bit. I mean he did end up with two assists. Um, I don't know. I th- I would maybe drop him down to like a C plus for me for Taves. Um, I feel like he got better as the game went on. I do feel, I, I feel like he, he, I don't know if it was nerves or whatever, but I feel like he got a little bit better as the game went on for me. Like I threw some grades down. I have Gabe Landeskog as an a plus. Interesting. I thought he was phenomenal in that game. He was winning battles among the boards. He was diving and swinging at pucks, yeah. trying to get him on net. Like, he played the captain role to AT is like, get on my back guys. I can't guarantee you I'm going to score, but I am going to die trying. Um, I, I like I was watching him and I'm like, man, that is a guy who is, is just putting in maximum effort. Yeah. Um, what did he have the goal? And you have just one assist. 
Yeah. But I I absolutely loved his game. Uh, he, he was very close to an A minus for me. Very yeah. close. <clears throat> um, loved it. So who else did you have? That yeah, Newhook at a B. Mm-hmm. B minus. Uh, B minus. Yeah, I think he's hovering. Like that that pass was fantastic. Yep. Um, to to Comfer. Um, but after that, you know, he he was he was hustling. He was yeah. a, chasing down pucks. So I thought he was okay. And Cogliano uh, got the B minus because of that goal. Like it's about time. Yeah, I mean, That's, he only had eight minutes, 55 seconds on the ice, so it was tough for him to do anything else. Yeah. He scored the goal, but after that, it was like, you know, he, he was out there, and, he, and, you know, those lines, they got to, and they are, because we, the bottom six for the Avs can outplay the bottom six of, of the yep. Oilers. Let's not kid ourselves. So he's going to be an important part. I agree with that. All right, let's hear your, your top, guys. There are only two A pluses and just a solid A. Mm-hmm. Um, your solid A is Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Kale McCarr is your A plus. Yep. Your other A plus, Jesse's yeah. brother. That's right. <laughs> I think you have to. Yeah. Two more goals. Two more. This goals. This is yeah. what you we every time we talk about JT Comfer, and I, every time I would try and detract from what he does, you would always bring up playoff JT Comfer. I do. And th- this is this is what you're talking about right here, JT Comfer. Yeah, it took him a little while to get going, but yep. someone asked me in an Instagram question before the playoff, who's going to be the guy? And I said, I oh, I like JT Comfer. I like playoff JT Comfer. Yep. I feel like he's one of those guys that steps it up a little bit. He didn't <laughs> for yep. a handful of games, but his last two games, he's got four goals. So maybe he this is this is the JT Comfer that I've come to the playoff JT Comfer that I've, I've Come to love. So, yeah, uh, yeah and, I, and I think, yeah, I mean, McKinnon and McCarr, easy A's there. Um, yeah. And you get that throughout the duration of this series and good things are going to happen. So, Oh, yeah. If you're picking the player of the game, just the, your one star of the game, who, who would it be? I would say Kale McCarr. Um, yeah. From what, from what he produced, um, facilitating, like you – the farther you go in the playoffs, the more eyes you get on you. And it's about time we got the goals going. I mean, his points are ridiculous right now. This is what you want to see. I, I would not deny that whatsoever. Like, yeah, he was incredible. Uh, for the simple fact that we don't get to put him up there so much, I'm putting Comfer up there. Okay. You know, that equalizing goal, the first one to 30 seconds after Edmonton scores was huge. And then mm-hmm. you get another one. It kind of goes off your your dumper. <laughs> uh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. So he's another one I'm looking forward to in game two. Can he keep that momentum going? If he can yeah. do that, it's gonna be a nightmare time for the Oilers. Nightmare. So uh, I know this is gonna get comments going. <clears throat> so put some uh, players up with some grades up in uh, YouTube. I have the receipts. Comments. Come after yeah. me. Yeah, Get it right yeah. here. <laughs> uh, let us know what you think. Agree or disagree with any of the ones that Kyle threw out there or the few that I mentioned. So, <clears throat> But we got game two. So uh, Avs are three wins away. Can they get it down to two going to the Stanley Cup final? Until then, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Go check out me on Locked On NHL with Gil Martin from Locked On Islanders. Um, make that your second listen of the day. Appreciate you guys tuning in each and every day. 
Uh, this is a fun time of the year, especially when your team is still in it. Kyle and I will be back tomorrow to discuss game two and all those fun events, which what are you thinking? How many, how many goals in this one? Four. <laughs> we're sitting here and, and you know, we're talking about like the Rangers and, and uh, lightning is going to be low scoring five to two Rangers. It's playoff hockey, baby. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. He is Mr. Kyle Sullivan, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. I am Chris Selly, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Enjoy game two, everybody. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.